Hello, and welcome back to the Electric Punch Podcast. As always, I am your host, Logan Grigsby, and we are going to have a terrifyingly, tremendously terrific show for you tonight. For the usual announcements, the Electric Punch Podcast stands with people of all cultural, ethnic, religious, racial, and sexual backgrounds. We believe in creating a safe and positive environment for anyone and everyone who wants to participate in our festivities. So remember, look out for each other. If you see something, say something. Drink more water. Be kind. Love each and love each other. And with that, I have the absolute pleasure to welcome tonight's guest, Gonza or Cooper Horn. Hello, and thank you so much for having me on. So now let's get started with something we all think about. If you had to kill any Disney character, which one are you choosing and how are you doing it? And you're the one killing this character. You're not like just like they're going away. You're the one killing this character. Oh, man. If I had to kill. okay, well. I don't really want to kill any of them, but honestly, if we had to literally, if I, if it had to happen, then I would probably like the first, I don't really watch a lot of Disney, but honestly, man, see, this is a hard one. See, personally, <laughs> yeah, I me- have to choose the mouse himself because if a goddamn rat is worth a billion dollars and I'm not, I'm living in the goddamn wrong place. Yo, honestly, I would probably kill the shredder because... Because he, he's Disney, right? Is this Who? Ninja Turtles. The, the Shredder? Shredder? I don't Bro. know if that's Disney. It might be. Disney Isn't owns it? everything now. Yeah, I he, think He needs to go, man. He like, needs to go, man. Leave the turtles alone. Yeah, Fuck dude, the They're hand. literally just here to try to save the world. And like he's up in... Yeah, no. We can't have that. <laughs> okay, so let's get started with... Uh, let's get started with a little bit of background. Um, where are you originally from? And kind of where do you call home? Um, I was born and raised in Kansas City, okay. uh, over in Parkville, so just outside of uh, like uh, north of the river. Mm-hmm. And I've been here my whole life. Um, and yeah, I've uh, I went to school here. Uh, I, w- I went to I-, I took college courses for a year and a half, and uh, then I got a job after that. I worked a few jobs after that, and just been making music the whole time. Oh yeah. What'd you uh, What'd you go to college for? Well, so the degree was music technology, mm-hmm. and so it was up in U- uh, University of Central Missouri, and it was the only degree where you could get a, a bachelor of music, and I can't remember, it was like technology related. Mm-hmm. So they, I don't know, but um, at the time I was there, there was eight <clears throat> other people in the major, really, really, you know they were all very, very smart and they were all there to be like building studios. And, Mm -hmm. uh, there was so much, I mean, the math involved and it was crazy. I think I was just kind of involved in something a little above my head at the time, but it was really cool. But the, I mean, for example, the, I I got to play in the Kaufman. Oh, performing. Yeah. Performing center over there, the opera house or whatever. And that was awesome. It was Totally did not deserve. Yeah, to, absolutely. But I was the a non musician. I I got to like uh, program some pads and s- some ambient noises uh, behind, uh, like as dramatic effect mm-hmm. for some of the people who were performing uh, legitimate instruments. Or um, man's was programmed a controller like a a, a, a joystick mm-hmm. into a drum pad and oh, was God, doing man. other stuff with the. And the the professor, did, if you've ever heard of Max Live. Uh, that's a really, I didn't realize it could get so in depth, but he programmed this whole thing where it, when it picked up sound, Mm -hmm. it would draw, uh, pictures with the 
these like nodes on the screen that's bad and they would like form into different things depending on the the Mm stuff audio it was picking Mm -hmm. up man it was sweet but it was way above my head so i i just i don't know you know absolutely absolutely i got what i needed out of it That would, I, I would cry. I would cry and like, call my <laughs> mom, so cool, pick though. me up. This is too much for me. <laughs> yeah. Man, the acoustics in there, though, it, I didn't Absolutely. know if I could appreciate it at the time, but places like that, if you want to talk mm-hmm. about mathematically designed to yeah, the T. Exactly. So, man, it was, yeah, it was cool. I would okay. go back and watch anything in there, really. Absolutely. Okay. So, what kind of uh, music did you grow up listening to? Um, well, I got. Uh, into music when I got my first MP3 player, mm-hmm. and so I was iPod or MP3 player. Well, so Zoom. it was it was I found an MP3 player. It had a very <laughs> variety of music. <laughs> it was no, it was a it was an MP3 player with loaded music, and mm-hmm. it had about 300 songs ranging from Nas to like, dude, I don't even. It Jack, was somebody's so different. And I didn't even. <laughs> I didn't even know I really wanted to listen to any of it, and then some of it I definitely didn't listen to. But um, and then I got a one that had the radio, and then you know we just we progressed. We had I had the Walkman. Mm-hmm. We had the CD <laughs> oh, player. Man. I did it. You know we were up in there. I don't know. I wouldn't say my, myself myself was old, but it was still a '90s product. Absolutely. Or, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah. And then now we now we're rocking. Now I love listening to things like function ones or element five sound system that and and can appreciate it in a different yeah, way than absolutely <laughs> absolutely you still rock going. an ipod at all or just everything on your uh, phone now yeah i i gotta keep the I walkman purchase on you. all my music that i play too so uh i i have all the high fidelity like wave files mm-hmm. saved on like bport or Bandcamp or you know apple's kind of hard to play with so yeah i just i just buy them mm-hmm. elsewhere so uh, about how old were you when you first like picked up an instrument or uh, started making music, and what kind of was the initial inspiration for you to get into music? So I actually was started with piano, um, but I I didn't really like the fact that I couldn't take it somewhere easily. So uh, like when I was taking Absolutely. lessons from my teacher, she uh, was really really strict, and I just it was really overwhelming. And then I went and started picking up this guitar and. Uh, when I went to, I, I need to start playing guitar again because that's what I originally started with mm-hmm. and just like playing with melodies and whatnot. Acoustic, electric. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I have an acoustic and I have an electric at home. Okay. Um, but yeah. And uh, <laughs> it, my teacher, he, I mean, I didn't really ever learn how to read music. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I just kind of, uh, I tried to pick it up as best as I could from what I heard from other people, like with music theory mm-hmm. and building songs and things of that nature. Uh, it, I mean, some people, I would consider myself, I have a good ear for music. So something I can pick some certain things up a little with my ear and not absolutely, but I would love to go back and re- learn how to read music. Cause that would be something that would, I would find very, good. very useful uh, skill. It's a never ending field of learning something new for real. Absolutely. So if you think you could master or at least have a really good proficiency of any instrument like, like that, what mm. do you think you would pick and why? Oh, piano. Just because you can write songs with piano any like you can play guitar on a on I mean, for example, Roly Studios has a Roly keyboard, C C I think it's called Seaboard. Mm-hmm. And that's the long version. But it's a I have uh the the small version, but it's essentially like interactive. It's got gel uh keys. So and 
the harder you push down, it has its own program of sounds where uh, if you're pushing down and you swipe up mm-hmm. on the keys, it like it broadens the sound. And then you can like trail your uh, fingers up and pitch bend stuff, dude. It's so cool. But like, if I could play the piano, man, you could play guitar on that. You know, like, dude, it's crazy. I, look it up on YouTube in your free time because there's some people who can like shred a guitar on the like. On oh, a yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I'd be hacking other instruments. So I just do that. Like, you know. Yeah, I, I appreciate the fact that it's a very good jumping off instrument. If you know mm-hmm. all sixty four keys of a piano, you can kind of translate that to any other instrument oh, at yeah. a decent decent level. Okay, so if you were turned into a breed of dog, what kind of dog do you think you would be and why? Oh man. Uh well I I have a husky right now mm-hmm. and honestly it it reminds me of a wolf. And so like if that's a, a I don't think it's heavily domesticated. People mm-hmm. don't have wolves, but um but like that's kind of like a quality of mine is I feel like I'm not easily as domesticated. Uh I kind of just am very blunt sometimes and uh and that's okay, you know, but I would definitely want to be a wolf because they're kind of fearless too and that's what I strive to be. See, that's pretty admirable. I unfortunately think I'd be a chihuahua and loud and <laughs> yippy as shit. But as soon as you yell at me, I'll run away and cry yeah. for an hour. Hey, I feel that though too. <laughs> hey, dude. Hey, we all gotta cry though. That's a ding. Like, if you don't cry, then you you got it. Like, you you need to work on that. You Absolutely, for sure. Go watch it. Go watch the Titanic or something. Get your tear ducts working again. <laughs> okay, so do you kind of come from an artistic family, or are you kind of the trailblazer in that regards? No, absolutely not. There, I don't. I think my only other artistic person really who, I mean, I don't want to say that, but like I do a bunch of uh, art too. I mm-hmm. work on. Um, I mean, drawings, portraits, paintings, uh, watercolor, all okay. sorts of stuff. Like, so you got the whole like left brain going on. Yeah, I've I've done that for like the longest period of time, mm-hmm. and then it was kind of easy. I don't know. It's it's similar creative styles. Whenever you're layering music and you're building layers with music, is when you're putting layers on paper or things like that. You know, so um, it, it, it's it's been a I, I think the only other person is my uncle and he's he, he he's like the only other person who can really but other than that and then cousin uh, I don't know if you know this but uh, Ava mm-hmm. Ava Kinslin my cousin she's uh does a bunch of acrobatics very very oh, artistic yeah. with acrobatics so hard to yeah. physical I can't yeah I can't do imagine I, I can barely do five sit-ups before I'm before I'm crying mm-hmm. so don't even yep. get me started on something like that yep. okay so about how old were you when you were interest introduced into EDM and what was kind of the catalyst for that well um I actually I was saying it earlier too uh funny enough but um my first show was we looked up the song it's 10 years old now um, but I can't stop by Flux Pavilion. Uh, and then he went on tour and I saw him at the Midland in downtown KC with my friend, uh, sober as a nun. We were in high school, <laughs> you know, we were like, what is this man? And we just fell in love with it. Cause honestly, whenever I got introduced to it, it was in my social studies class by this guy, Daniel. And he was like, Hey, have you ever heard of dubstep? 
And I literally thought it was a band. So I was, I, <laughs> I was like, who's like, he's like, this dubstep's really Who cool are these to people? To when you're high. And I was like, okay, who is dub? Like, like Pink Floyd? Like, like, yeah. And, yeah, it was funny. But he showed me Skrillex and then, uh, you know, Natural. But uh, I, I was like, whoa, okay. So people make music that's just sound design, basically. Yeah. And I thought it was the coolest thing ever. I don't know that's kind of how me and my buddy dylan we we went to shows off and on for years sometimes every week i mean we were just going to shows after shows just to see the artist so it was really like i don't know sometimes people got i feel like get introduced for the wrong reasons but i feel Absolutely. like it was really a good we, we introduction the music, man. you yeah. actually did get in yeah. there for the music and not mm-hmm. for the more seedier side exactly man absolutely and that's that's badass Okay, so if you were to choose between the Oscar Meyer Glizzy Mobile or the Mr. Peanut Mobile, which one are you? Which one are you driving? Did you say the Glizzy Mobile? The Gl- Oscar Meyer Glizzy Mobile. <laughs> I think just because you said the Oscar Meyer Glizzy Mobile, we're gonna rock that. How one. can you not? It's it's big pimp. <laughs> it's got chrome spinning wheels too. <laughs> for sure <laughs> okay so are you pretty self-trained musically i know you obviously said you went to college earlier but like do you have any music teachers that stood stand out to you um i man when it comes to learning i just uh i would say early on when youtube was easy to find mm-hmm. pretty good i mean you can still go in and find good Absolutely. stuff but the, you gotta sift through a lot of bs so i mean uh YouTube University. That YouTube was a real university yeah. on God. Um, and then just recently, uh, I, I, so I went in and I bought, I've, I've done a bunch of song walkthroughs for people who, like, I don't know, Bill, Mr. Bill, you know, uh, just people who broaden the mind on going in and creation, uh, on, on a song and arrangements and stuff like that and how they build their percussion and drums and songs. And then, uh, just recently, uh, I bought a song walkthrough from AU5, and it gave me a, uh, a an ad, and I was like, no, I don't want that. And then it gave me another ad, and it was like, okay, all right, you might want this. <laughs> this is the last ad we're going to give you. You have 20 minutes to decide. So the courses itself are like 3700 bucks, but Oof. I got it for 250 bucks. Oh, yeah. So I was like, all right, sweet. I think it was a sign. I was like, okay, I got to get this, man. I'm going to, and dude, I've been soaking it up. He, it's the school of bass, uh, AU5 school of bass. Um, and it's honestly gnarly just to watch. He's very, t- and like, even if you don't want to make music like him, I, I don't know. It was, it's a really cool key. He's helped me with, uh, when it comes to routing things, mm-hmm. you know, just the sound design and routing and things like that. Like that's who I needed professional help from in the first and so that's really nice to have some things coming together like strings pulled together knowledge wise making sense in the head okay so do you have any uh musicians who inspire you and what about them inspires you oh i mean it's it's funny that you say that because i feel like it comes in waves um because really when i first got inspired it was more on i went and saw brit floyd it's funny i went and saw a british cover band of pink floyd uh and i had never really listened to pink floyd so i was my my dad went for like 12 years in a row mm-hmm. every time they came in town so 
I went into uh, Spotify and I just listened to Pink Floyd uh, just as much as I could. And I was like, I was blown away. I was what, <laughs> what, you know, it's just so different. And it was so contemporary, but still it was like rock. So, I mean, that, that was a starting point. Uh, or like when it I really started to take music in a different way. And then just, I mean, even it's strange enough, like Childish Gambino, when he released oh, that, yeah, uh, huh? what was that album called? Um, it was the one with the blue uh, album screen. You know what I'm talking about. Uh, it's super trippy, man. The whole album. Uh, but that one, I mean, that, that came out around the same uh, time. Awaken My Love. Yeah. With the, yeah. Yeah. That's such a good album, too. And um, I mean, just little things like that mm-hmm. over time, I started digging. Even uh, Disco and uh, uh, so Motown or, I mean, I'm trying to think. See, it's Dude, just everything, team. man. It's like, the there's so many for... good. Like, if you know the right, per- even okay. So, Sergio Mendez in mm-hmm. Brazil '66. I don't even know what you would consider that, but look them up because they're that's amazing. They're uh-huh. a Brazilian, like American transition fusion. It's it's it reminds me of like sipping cocktails on the beach type of music you know what I mean? and that's all that you should play that for or like a tango with your with this you know oh, saucy yeah. colombian chick yeah okay okay <laughs> so how would you describe your sound to some usually when i ask this question i say somebody who's new to edm but people then go into all these depths and make it way more complicated how mm. would you describe your sound to a small child or a five-year-old mm. somebody's so, new no no there or very no limited understanding of edm so uh i would probably say that i i just it's more i like big room big mm-hmm. bass big synth and i like interruptions so like breaks or Mm -hmm. um i enjoy things with vocals and i i play lots of things with vocals i like to uh, layer the vocals on in Mm -hmm. a mix in a way where it will be a part of the other song so that's playing so you know you can mix in another song and have some vocals lingering and then the the build-up comes in or whatnot so some of those things like it's it's Pretty, but it's hard. I want to keep it pretty, but I want it to be mm-hmm. a good balance of pretty and hard, you know? So still developing it, but that's kind of where I'm aiming for. For sure. For sure. So when you're making music, what is that? What does your process kind of look like? Um, so I kind of start with different things. It depends on the song. Uh, more recently, uh, since I've been able to get a real basic template for myself when it comes to everything being routed together. So that way, when I build my drums, no matter if I start with my drums or my melody, everything is has a basic compressor on it that I can go in and tweak really quickly to get it mixed, at least basically. So it uh, depends on if I have a good melody in my head or if I'm feeling like a drum beat or something. And because some sessions consist of different things for me. Like I'll go in and do a whole drum or percussion or something mm-hmm. session. I'll try to get certain parts of the spectrum filled up. And then when I hit a creative block, then I'm just like, okay, well, you got to wrap up that session. And, Absolutely. you know, 
don't want to force things, man. Absolutely. I know some sound... some people just lock themselves in their basement. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I I feel the same way. You can't just spark creativity. And I'm still learning too. So mm-hmm. I'm if I'm ever like needing a uh, any sort of boost, I always go in and start learning something. So that way I can hear somebody professional talking about it, and then it gets me and my mindset back on that wavelength, and then I can go in on a professional note and make the music instead of I got to finish this song or something. You know what I mean? So it's it's a nice way to keep things fresh on your mind. Absolutely, absolutely. So when you're making music, are you kind of making it for yourself or are you making it with a audience in mind? Yeah, I mean, I, I just want, so I figured a, a little backstory. I actually wanted to go into the Navy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really see it as myself, like that person anymore, but dude, all through high school, I mean, I want there. There was a Navy SEAL who trained, who has spent like 24 years in the SEALs at the YMCA down the street, and I just saw people who were traveling an hour and a half every day to go work out with this dude, <sighs> and I was 15 minutes away, mm-hmm. and it there was a lot of things that were like I would just run to the Y and stuff, and it was really a mindset thing that that I developed at that point that I thought to myself okay well i have this crazy cool influence that i met and he's got a really crazy like this dude would whip out a bag of chicken (laughs) at five o'clock on the dot mid-sentence doing pull-ups or something and down the bag of chicken in the gym and and keep going like he didn't have nothing he had his routine down you're not breaking it those military men they they got that routine (laughs) the the pull-ups the vertical or the horizontal Mm pull-ups he was a different breed but like so that's why it kind of opened my head up and then i was like okay well if i don't want to i don't really want to kill people for a living like no you know what i mean it just was a i think it was an angst thing so i transitioned that passion into maybe i can work hard on something else so really like that's it it was also what can i have the biggest uh platform to get to people on a message of love and creativity and positivity and stuff. And instead of, I don't know, I feel like some people go in it for the wrong reasons, whether that be whatever it is, you know, but uh, I think you can see it with the mindset or like actions speak a lot louder than words. So whenever you, f- you feel it in the music, so I'm just trying to showcase whatever I'm feeling in that, in, in, in the songs I'm creating Absolutely. eventually. Okay. So Imagine I have a 64 box of Crayola crowns. Imagine it because I'm a broke bitch and I can't afford that. (laughs) But what color do you think best describes you or your energy? Oh, man, that's funny because I just wore red today, but Mm -hmm. um, I got a red beard. (laughs) That's probably (laughs) energy. Uh, We got the Chiefs out here. Hell yeah. yeah. Coming back in overtime, you know, so it's (laughs) it's definitely red for sure. (laughs) So how do you know when you are finished with a song and do you go to somebody for kind of constructive criticism before, before you release something? Well, I'm just now getting to the point where I'm feeling comfortable. uh, Once I get Mm -hmm. a handful of things pulled together like now i can go back and remix not remix but uh remix my old songs and get them routed properly and that won't take too long i mean with hopefully you know and then some of the other knowledge i can go back and take some of my old tunes because i'm really just getting to the point where i feel comfortable releasing stuff and that's it's not the same for everybody but also 
I know there's a point where I need to just be like, okay, well this is done or I don't know. Yeah. I, there's definitely, so I've, I'm in a discord just recently. Um, I said I was going to plug it earlier too. uh, my boy cracking, uh, KRK. We, he, lo- we yeah, love yeah, Davy yeah. Jones's locker. We, we, uh, yeah. So I've been like, I've been just meeting a lot of cool people on there. And you know, when you're going into discord or you're having, like you're going in purposely to log in and hang out in discord, you're probably not going to just be there for no reason. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of people in there either working on music, streaming their own stuff. Nobody else works on Logic, so it's kind of hard to pick that stuff up and put it into Logic. But uh, whether I switch later on, uh, it, it you, there's tons of great resources out there. You just have to look for them. Absolutely, you know? absolutely. So, have you uh, done any collaborations at all? Yeah, um, I'm hoping my boy will Subsick will release this soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to talk with them, but we have a tune that is pretty much done. Uh, yeah. It's, it might need another master, but yeah, other than that, it's pretty much done. There's a few in the works, but, uh, not, not, not typically. I, I, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to collaborate with, uh, now I'm, I feel confident on doing mm-hmm. it when sending stems back and forth. It was really a knowledge barrier that I, <laughs> I wanted to overcome. And so I feel like mm-hmm. I've learned a few things that I needed to learn. I feel comfortable doing that more. Yeah. I'm open well, to it. Yeah, how how would you or how do you go about finding somebody to collab with and how do you know they're going to kind of be a right fit for you and your music? Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing too is uh, a lot of people are busy building their own brand too. So, uh but if people are also uh you know have that knowledge barrier overcome and they can easily go in and and send stuff back and forth, then it just depends on the person, man. You know, and and depends on their work ethic and their want um to finish more music mm-hmm. so whoever shows that and is makes good music then i would be open to collab with you know absolutely so say you were locked in a costco or a walmart for a day what are you gonna do with your time uh do i have unlimited money or you're like <laughs> I th- you're the only one in there say it's christmas day oh, you're the only dude. one in there oh man i'd be definitely trying to hook up the best uh home audio studio whatever they have in there and some nice couches and you know, <laughs> just to make my little area nicer. <laughs> I'm definitely hitting a lick on that Costco hot dog stand. Oh, oh <laughs> the glizzy stand. <laughs> I'm going to hit it with the glizzy mobile. Okay, so do you consider yourself a team player? Or do you kind of think you work, work by, best by yourself? Oh, no, dude. I mean, my whole past, I think it's like three and a half years probably has been sales. And so I was working it uh places where i was doing consulting with mm. like c either the ceo or top c-suite people um one of them was uh like it's called fred Pryor, but it was a, a thing that they initiate you would basically be a consultant for uh, that business and try to hold and retain the stuff yearly and so that was fun and that was a learning curve with people uh just talking to people on a professional note uh, on a business note and maintaining a b- professional relationship with somebody and so i mean it was cool because one of the guys from was halstead and they are uh home depot's flooring supplier so it was fun you know i mean it was it was a big business but you know i haven't done really stuff like that like since but honestly that was probably my first cool 
experience with that type of oh, yeah. crowd and and we were assigned with teams you know so we we had to work together we went and did meetings on building stuff every week we would listen to phone calls and like critique everyone's phone calls and stuff so i mean it was easy and, and fun to like work together as a team doing stuff like that yeah so do you have any absolute dream collaborations that you'd like jump to do what jump to do uh yeah i would i mean quicks is like one of my, even though it, whoever said somebody was like, oh, Quicks was popular like a long time ago. Okay, dude. Well, I don't even care because he's amazing. <laughs> and uh, Dylan said Grizz earlier. That would be amazing. Absolutely. I mean, just huge, huge names that have powerful sound. You know, I love that big room sound. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and that trap. I, I, I've always, I will always love trap. So if like that blend, man. Absolutely, absolutely. Speaking of dreams, do you have any? What would be your absolute dream venue or music festival to play at? Ooh, um, I would definitely want to play top three would be just in America f- would be Red Rocks. Um, Absolutely. Uh, what, uh, oh, um, is okay. So is Burning Man in, in it's, America? It's, yeah, it's, okay. it's like uh, Nevada Desert. Some sort of uh, electro uh, mm-hmm. bus there, something like that in the dirt, you know, in the grime. And then, um, in the I don't thick know. of it. Yeah. Oh, Electric <laughs> Forest. Hell yeah. yeah Hell yeah. Good, 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 good three. Good three. Okay. So, um, do you have anything you're kind of working on right now that you're allowed to talk about? And what is kind of like the vibe feeling that you're, that, that you're putting into it and of it? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely going to drop this track soon. Um, I don't, I don't even have a name for it yet. Sometimes uh, I have a name. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, no, I mean, I've got a little bit more work to do on it, but honestly, uh, probably the end of November, I'll probably have it released. I'm trying to, uh, it depends. I need to maybe December just, I just need to get the, uh, platforms and stuff submitted early enough to where I can release it all Mm -hmm. on all the platforms on a certain day. But yeah, I'll have more info about that out soon for sure. Yeah, I feel the struggle of that. If I had to release all my podcasts manually on every, di- I, I, I I wouldn't be doing this. I'd have <laughs> no, to pay somebody no, no, or no, something. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So, do you consider yourself to be an emotional person? Yeah, I mean, definitely taken. Let me see you cry right now, <laughs> bro. Yeah, I mean, yes. Yeah, so, I I definitely don't think it's a bad thing to. I don't think you should let your emotions get like rule you. Rule you. I don't think it's bad to have emotions though, because if you plug them down, then I think that that they become worse over time. So how do you do you and how do you harness your emotions and put them into your music? Oh, that's a good question, because um, really, it's it's taken a long time to figure that out, Mm -hmm. but. I think just recently it's been easy to it really you you are your habits are come from your habitat. So if you are feeding your mind in the right way, your music's going to come together in the right way. Absolutely. And that's really what it comes down to, I think, cuz whenever I was making music in the past, I think I was doing it for validation mm-hmm. or different reasons and I was just doing it maybe because I thought that it was nice when people said it sounded cool. But in reality, 
I, I knew there's deeper meanings to it. So I'm able to put that other side and make it, you have to like separate yourself and the other people when you're making the music, you really, even if you are making it for other people, you have to, cause then you're going to get in your head cause the devil's in the details. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So you got to make it with, you know, you just got to go in there and, and tell yourself you're a G and go and, and try to make something cool and know that you're going to fail. And, yeah. You and gotta have, everybody fails. Yeah. You gotta fail sometimes. Mm-hmm. You gotta fail your way to success. Absolutely. Pass failed successfully. Exactly. <laughs> you just learn and do it better the next time, man. And the more you create and go in it with that mindset, then you're not gonna like, I feel like you don't wear yourself out and you just mm-hmm. give yourself the breaks and go back in and just have fun with it. Don't make it something so daunting that Absolutely. is, you know. It is a saturated field. It's really hard to get in there and and make songs that are comparable to some of these people who have been doing it one for years and two just have some resources that maybe you don't have. But you have to take advantage of what you have in front of you and make the best of it. That's oh, really Oh yeah. Hell yeah. So, do you consider yourself to be a competitive person and who or what do you think is your biggest competition? Oh yeah, dude. Mhm. Um I would say my competition is really it. So in music, I think it's good to have friendly, like it's absolutely a competitive nature in a sense where you're all trying to be better. Um, so, I mean, cause you want to see people succeed and, mm-hmm. and it is, it's, it's I'm, hard. I'm a big believer in friendly competition, like yeah. fire under a friend's ass, getting yeah, them to man. sit there and actually bust it out. I mean, there's books where I, that I've read that, and I can't name the one, but, uh, it, it might be called slight edge, but it was talking about having a grind, a, com- a success p- companion. I can't remember if that's the book though, but it, mm-hmm. that's a, that's one of the top, like successful people in the world say that they have a <laughs> person that pushes them. them. Yeah. Yeah. Or you have people that you see that you can use to push each other. Cause I mean, if you think about it, the saying iron sharpens iron. Well, if you're iron and I'm iron, you can sharpen each other or the right way where you can learn off of each other and make each other better too, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of competition that I really like because it's not really, you don't want to clang sores with somebody, you know, but Absolutely. you want to sharpen each other. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so if you were a kitchen appliance, mm. what do you think you would be? And a gas stove. Gas stove, old-fashioned? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. You blender? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if that really <laughs> relates to me, but, <laughs> but I just thought of an appliance that I really would only buy a house if it had a gas stove, because then I can heat hey, things you're not, up. you're not the grill? Hey, well, you know what? I mean, could uh, well, the grill, you could have an extended yeah. gas stove grill yeah. if you're rich. <laughs> that could be one appliance. <laughs> Uh, so can you tell me the story behind the name Gonza? Oh man, you know, it's, it's weird. Cause I've always, it was something that I thought of a long time ago and I'm, I will say it really, I hate to say it doesn't have a meaning, but it, it also was just something that it was, I just thought it sounded cool at the time. And I don't know. I tried to think of a lot of artists that had the name that start with a G at the time. And I just was 
uh, there's a ton, you know, people are going to come at me. Oh, how did you not think of that person? <laughs> I'm a grateful dad. No, dude. I don't know, man. It's, it, and I've thought about rebranding the name too, but it's, it's hard to rebrand unless I don't know you, you've kind of already established something, but mm-hmm. I don't know. You know, I'm just, uh, I don't know, you know, there might hmm. be something along the line. It depends how the project goes, Absolutely. you know, but so what do you enjoy most about being a musician? Uh, just the, man, I think that we're all have a little bit of our, of a creative side. I mean, we're born to create stuff. I feel like too. I mean, so whether that's, you're good with numbers or you're good with, and so you can use your talents and then create stuff. And, um, I don't know. I just thought it's really like, I, like I said, with art, I feel like it's a good way of putting stuff down for people to appreciate and they can and i really if you look back on your own life you can see probably things that have affected you with art i don't feel like people have a way to create or express themselves and i feel like it makes people stop their everyday life and think about something different absolutely i mean think about it too if songs if you play a song at the right song at the right time, that would change somebody's life. Absolutely. Good. You never know. I mean, it changes the atmosphere. We're 70% water. So sound in itself, if you look into cymatics, reacts with your body differently. So that's why, I mean, if you, they say that you play 432 hertz classical music to babies or like, they even show this, like, it, I could get into it, but <laughs> the, they changed the global tuning standard after the fifties and, uh, back in, I, I believe personally, my personal belief is I think that the original tuning standard that was formed by the Pythagorean mm-hmm. guy, uh, he formed the tuning standard. Uh, and that's oh. where they came out with the strings and, and, and where that actually originated. So I fucked with Pythagoras. Yeah. So his theorem, that pyramid shit, fire, <laughs> banger after banger, nothing but great things from him. Yeah. Dude, it's just appreciation, man. If you can go in and learn history about music too, man, that just like, that will make you appreciate what you're doing. Absolutely. Too. Absolutely. So on the under, other end of that spectrum, what do you think is kind of the most stressful part of the job? Oh man, uh, it's just the stressful part is just understanding as like it, it's it is with any musician what the separation of yourself and the ego or image that you're putting on, and so you want to make sure that when you're going in there and mm-hmm. you're doing it, you're not abusing your platform or you're not abusing the opportunities that you have. Cause I feel like I know, I mean, you and anyone else could know some artists that got in there, you know, got, got a lick of success and we're just kind of, so it's really when you get opportunities, Mm -hmm. taking it as like that opportunity in itself is the hardest part. Cause it's like when you get the opportunity, it's, you don't really, you're not here to just play show, 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 show as a DJ. That's what my mindset was. But as an artist, I'm thinking more about, I want to work on something that one show could be way more impactful than 10 shows. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. So what are you excited for? Oh, well, uh, I'm just excited to keep like I've just been 
trying to meet as many people mm-hmm. as I can that are uh, helping. Like you, they say you never want to be the smartest person in the room. So I'm just trying Absolutely. to meet people who I'm trying to get on a different mindset in terms of somebody higher on a tree is going to be able mm-hmm. to tell you what that looks like and they can tell you what it looks like. So it might help you with your motivation, but motivation is fleeting. So the excitement is fleeting. You, so to maintain the excitement, you just keep the rotation. You remind yourself why you're doing it and you keep meeting the right people who influence that type of mindset as opposed to a different thing that isn't helping you. Oh, yeah. Whatever that's going to be. You just like, that's what I'm excited about, honestly, because it's been helping just my like inner joy, honestly. And just like, Oh yeah. oh yeah, I know. I love meeting new people. Love getting to meet like-minded people. I mm-hmm. love what you said about not being the smartest person in the room. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's be- always better to, like we said, talked about earlier, surround yourself by friendly people, but people who challenge you, people who make you want to be work harder and do better. Absolutely. So, what do you think is some of the best advice that you have? ever been given that has always been stuck stuck with you can be music related doesn't have to be music related um it's kind of on that same note i feel like it's this it's the first thing that popped in my head um this was coming from a millionaire who just i actually got to know him his name's paul um but he he bought his audi r6 or whatever it is uh Mm -hmm. with cash and bought his house, his million dollar property plus with cash. And so he's kind of a different guy, you know, and Mm -hmm. he always was said, he always said the most important thing was whenever you're around a King, you take crumbs from the King's table. So in a sense where whatever you can pick up when you're around that person, Mm -hmm. that's the person when I'm, that's what I'm saying, whether you're surrounding yourself with somebody on a different uh, height Mm -hmm. than you, you pick up, you might get a crumb, but you can make that a feast. You know what I mean? Oh, you yeah. got to take what you can get from those types of people. And then the, on the other hand, you got to not take the advice from the people whose spot you don't want to be in. Absolutely. Know? Absolutely. And those people always want to be the loudest with their, with their yeah. opinions. The people who have three baby dads or three baby oh, moms always want to ha- give will. that relationship <laughs> advice. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, sir. That won't change, though. <laughs> <laughs> They're still going to be there giving you advice. It just depends on if you listen to it. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so, if you could change anything about the local music community, what do you think it would be and why? Um, I would love to see uh some venues put in a little bit like I don't know it, I think there's such a culture that could be pulled, but there's mm-hmm. such an underground per- culture that could be pulled. There could be uh better security at events. I mean, there can be just a little bit more professionalism when it comes to just, uh, I mean, the it's really hard too because the, the events themselves have to have the venue is a big part of that. Mm-hmm. So the venue, I feel like the more people invest into their venue, the better too, because um, that's going to feed the art and entertainment district in KC. Absolutely. And that's going to make a home like different homes. When you go to Chicago or a rated music industries, I, I believe, uh, Kansas city is still a C rated music industry in every genre. Mm-hmm. So, and that's the lowest it goes C B A. So you go a, a you, I mean, what we have to be like Los Angeles, New York, major mm-hmm. cities, Miami. Yep. 
uh, even uh, New Orleans A rated. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're not even B team. Mm-mm. Damn. Yeah. It's so what that being said, you have to look at the marketability of the music that's there. So, okay. How do you market the EDM scene and make it marketable? Well, you need to have it at, at, at venue spaces that are professional and take care of their sound and have the, you know, the vibe, right. For, Absolutely. I don't know. You know, and I feel like that's, that's the foundation really like people, anybody can throw a show, but just having, the show that you throw you take as much care of your babies as possible mm-hmm. you're gonna have such more of a longevity with your events because people will just keep coming back i feel like at that Absolutely. point no matter who you got going on okay so how do you feel about the internet dash social media and its prevalence and mu- and being a successful and how much <laughs> this is gonna be sorry no 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 it's funny and then how much of being a successful artist is banking beautiful music and how much do you think of think is networking and being on social oh. media well okay i think that networking is where the term is but social media i hate social media Absolutely. so much man and it's funny because my my facebook got hacked and then I had to make a new Facebook mm-hmm. and then my Instagram got hacked and I haven't even, that's a bad, bad couple of days. Yo, I haven't even made a new Instagram. And so, uh, yeah, I feel like the marketability really comes from every time you interact with somebody, try to make it something that somebody can remember. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's, People, the first is word of mouth, then the second is online base. I mean, really, it's always going to be word of mouth as first. So as long as you can form a good word of mouth and and then you can get your social base down online. But that's the thing is you want to have like I've been kind of okay with not having it because mm-hmm. I might redo all my social media and have my brand released everything at a time all at once. And then I have content to back it up. So I'm kind of in that phase where I'm building some stuff up right now to unveil and have a thing mm-hmm. that people can be like okay well that's all together all that stuff you know what i mean it's at link trees all this stuff everything's routed to soundcloud all the major platforms and stuff like that so it, when you're doing it as a one-man team too it's kind of you you have to learn from people and you have to take people's advice who are doing it the same thing and that's how you kind of help each other but it's hard i mean it's Absolutely. that's why it's so saturated i feel like too is because people want to go in and do that but they don't see how much work actually goes in on the back end. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think the culture is the way it is, is because people do see it on the back end and go and appreciate it. Yeah. For real. I definitely have seen people, oh, I'm going to be a DJ. It can't be too hard. And they take yeah. one one look at a, uh, at Fruity Loops and they just like, yeah, no. It makes them fruity. Yeah. <laughs> it makes them loopy. So yeah. what do you what do you think is your favorite song to perform? um to perform whoa uh well i try to keep the sets different i do Mm. feel like i've like artists over the years i said earlier quicks was one of the artists that i played i play a lot of his music um i like to play songs that kind of make people one i i want i like to lock people in on a on almost a uh I, I hate saying hypnotic because people have a negative connotation with hypnotism sometimes, but it's like, it's rhythmic. It's mm-hmm. hypnotic. It's something that 
you I like the set to be one full thing almost. Mm-hmm. So whether that may be like I like to start it off maybe 140 beats per minute and then we rock up to 150, maybe we take a dip again, you know, mm-hmm. but and then we go to 170 and then maybe 190 or 200 or and then that wraps right back right back around to 100 and then you can work back up to mid tempo music. So it's like when it comes to songs, I I mix and key typically when I build a set uh, I, I love the freestyle sets, but I also, if I'm building something for a festival or a big event, I, mm-hmm. I build it in key and, um, with the BPMs, wherever I go with the BPMs, I use the Camelot wheel and the next song is always going to be something in key or that I can play those songs together and they sound good together. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's how I try to make the set as best as possible. Absolutely. So do you have any crazy scar dash injury stories? Yeah, actually, I mean, <laughs> uh, it's kind of crazy too because it's. I I was in a uh, a car accident in fourth grade, third grade maybe. Um, yeah, like none of us should be alive for real. Uh, my mom, my dad, my brother, and me were on our way home from Christmas Eve, like with our family. <laughs> And so, it, of course, you know, and so um, we we were going like 65, 70 on the highway. My dad was driving and a car was had ran out of gas um, and they didn't have insurance either. Apparently, oh, so, man. yeah, they were they were not there now, um, but they were they ran out of gas with their tail on the highway and I was asleep. Um, but yeah, we hit it and we went we we, we probably rolled we rolled right around like 400 yards oh my god yeah like that's like four football fields rolling and we hit one of the advertising signs too dude and there's pictures on my mom's facebook but of the car dude like they had to use the jaws of life on the on her end bro it was bad man it was, but hey yo we're here we're, we we have we come, we've come a long way <laughs> Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the day of, day of the show. What does that kind of look like from you starting from when you wake up? Do you have any <laughs> pre-show rituals? Do you have any special meals you try to eat before? Ooh. Are you constantly swapping out playlists, trying to figure out exactly how, how, how it's going to go? What, what does that look like, look like for you? Well, in terms of the set, I have been at the venue building my set like hours before sometimes minutes, <laughs> but which Absolutely. probably isn't the best thing, but you know, Hey, uh, it, it, you, ha- if you don't have a lot of time or if you've procrastinated, then you have to build it late. And then sometimes how it is, or sometimes you just freestyle that mug, <laughs> but rituals, like I would probably say half the artists locally here, uh, maybe not anymore, but, um, they, a lot of them played at this place called 18th street union. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was a little startup venue over by cross in the crossroads district. We um, used to actually be right across the street, mm-hmm, right across the street yeah. from grinders. And so I would always go get a slice of pizza or two and then mm-hmm. get a beer, like a local beer oh, or something yeah. and just take the edge off. Maybe, a, maybe a nice beer Boulevard. I like Boulevard, but yeah. And not yeah. too many, you know, I don't like, <laughs> yeah. I literally hate not being able to perform well. If like, if I can't, you know, like if mm-hmm. I'm up there and I'm kind of faded, like off a couple of drinks or a handful, you know, and I don't drink that often. So if I'm, if I have three drinks, I'm drunk. So mm-hmm. one drink for me is good. So I'm just, that's probably it, you know, and then, you know, say it's. Mm. So how do you deal with uh, pre-show jitters? 
I mean, I really just uh, have to, like, I learned too a while back with breathing. Um, a lot of times people spark their anxiety by their breathing. And so if you take your time and find a place where you're not around people and get your breathing right, say a prayer, do what you got to do and get your mind right, right before, and then you can go up and just, I feel like just having a, a frame or mindset of being thankful, you get to play. I mean, for real, because mm-hmm. even no matter what you're doing, I mean, you get up there, you got people out there supporting you, then that's, that's a great feeling that you should respect. And so Absolutely. I feel like that's why it's, I try not to get, you know, hammered or something before I go. Absolutely. Re- <laughs> respect. <laughs> respect. Yeah. respect. Uh, so when opening a show, how do you find a good balance between getting the crowd pumped, but not going too hard or, and do you think an opener can go too hard? Oh, for sure. I mean, and that is opening a set for a bigger artist is like a, is an art form in itself because, um, you really, um, I, I would say the best advice is do something. You don't have to necessarily like dial yourself back into the point where you want them to be the main act, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you're not there. You're not there to be the main act. Absolutely. So while you're mixing, you can read people mm-hmm. and you can read the people's energy and you know not to throw that build up in right mm-hmm. there because that's going to get people too hype. So maybe we play the beginning of this song and, and let them vibe out for a second and then let the hard song play that you could re- still play that hard song. It just depends on how you're throwing it in there. Absolutely. Setting the atmosphere, yeah. setting it to five and tone, toning the crowd, exactly. getting them warmed up to a good place. Exactly. You don't want to be standing on the table mm-hmm. yelling like when you're the opening act, man. Like, yeah. just no- And then people don't want to see that too because they know that you're the opener too so i mean you gotta respect your spot yeah okay so after a show what do you do to celebrate kind of unwind chill out yeah i if there's other people on the act i haven't seen Mm -hmm. i love saying if i can uh and watching and i just like hearing what other people because everybody will have their own way of building a set and so it's interesting to see what other people have planned and that's really the exciting part is before and after i watch other people play and it's not me trying to like oh i'm gonna do this differently than them or in a a way it might be but it's also how are they doing it how are they developing their sound i don't know it's it's nice and it's it's a nice refresher from you working on your own stuff every day and then you get to appreciate somebody else who works on their own stuff every day absolutely absolutely so do you have any uh strange or reoccurring dreams tell me your weirdest dream i don't i rarely dream that much though but here's the thing i did i uh, i did have a (laughs) i did have a dream it seems to be reoccurring because i i'm always at this house party that is an oversized house with mm-hmm. a bunch of people doing extraneous different activities that probably <laughs> aren't safe to mention and i don't know why i have this dream but and then i'm just in this room chatting with my friends and then my ex walks in oh, like god like five years and, and then i'm like i have not seen you 
in person in two years is this real am i dreaming and it was that was the nightmare it was the nightmare yeah. was, I, I i respect her i i don't you know what i mean but it was mm-hmm. it was weird and then i definitely if she hasn't been in the dream that's not the recurring part but the house mm-hmm. that that has been recurring i don't know why and then there's one other one that uh i'm in this like battlefield that we're overtaking this oh, hill oh, and it's yeah. like it's Maybe not, only have a sword your past life but all of my all of my um all of my team are mm-hmm. skeletons. Oh, fuck. I swear to God, bro. And I've had that dream like four times in my life. And so <laughs> I, that's why I remember it because it happened every once in a while. So I'm, I don't know if I'm supposed to pick something up from that. I have no idea. Maybe it's because I played a lot of RuneScape. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. Uh, so how do you know you're not dreaming right now? Oh, dude, I just pinched myself. I think <laughs> I, don't, I don't like smacking myself. Sometimes you got to s- splash some water on your face, man. Absolutely. So what do you think that you could do better as a musician? Oh, I would say there's always something you never you've never arrived Mm -hmm. at your destination and that's the part that some people get in their head about is it's so overwhelming Mm -hmm. but that's the beautiful part about it is if you it's your mindset you know so if you wake up and you go i'm gonna learn something new about music then there's always gonna be something new to learn so i mean that in itself is the is the never-ending process of it and then everyone is going to make it creatively differently so speaking of music specifically but in art in general is the same thing you would take the preferred ways to do it and you there's no right way you mm-hmm. know so you take the preferred take the parameters that people found works um the best and then you do your own thing with it absolutely absolutely so, if you could get rid of one food for everyone in the world, what food are you getting rid of and why? Cupcakes. Cupcakes. Those like cupcakes. Dude, dude, they're just, they're There's just so processed. They're so processed. They're, everything <laughs> in, a, in it is processed. If you want something like that, eat a ho-ho. <laughs> or no, yeah, wait, a ding dong. Those are way better <laughs> if you're gonna eat a ding dong. Oh, ding dong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't eat the cupcake. Eat a ding dong. You know, okay. if you're gonna be that okay. guy. So, I mean, I'm okay. Just a personal thing. I don't know. So on a little counter side of that, <laughs> what do you think is the perfect potato? Is it French oh. fries, mashed baked potato, twice baked potato? That's my favorite. Definitely the basic bitch potatoes that you can get at like a cafe that are just pure just starch potatoes <laughs> cooked with uh, you know i mean i don't know it's, even mashed potatoes with potatoes are good <laughs> oh, yeah. so can you tell me a uh boring fact about yourself um i would say boring fact is that uh i st- I'm a grown man and I still like playing Apex Legends and a lot of people hate on that game, but I'm, I also had to delete Rocket League because I'm highly addicted to Rocket League. Not a fan. But I'll whoop you. Like, come at me. Uh, I like At the Yeetmonger underscore. I want Titanfall 3, but (laughs) Rocket League just makes me mad. I will literally throw a controller. That's why I deleted it. Yeah. I, I was like, this is... I'm spending way too much time trying to pwn noobs right now. (laughs) (laughs) 
So what do you think are some highlights or achievements in your career that are you, you most proud of, that you are most proud of? Um, probably, uh, there was a point in time, a handful of years back that I won this, uh, DJ competition while I was going to school. Uh, and I had rallied a bunch of people up to go and I got to play it backwards. Mm -hmm. Um, and that was the year they spent like 150 grand on infrastructure. So I got to play on this like two story pirate ship and it was sick. Hippie sabotage played on it the night or like later that night. So they had a big act on it. You know, mm -hmm. it was a night, it was a nice stage. And I just felt like at the time, there's no way I should have played that. I mean, compared to the other, the dude who came up now, I was using a tractor on the main stage mm -hmm. that I borrowed. And the dude came up with two, his own CDJs and set mm -hmm. them up and was like moving my gear aside. And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> but that was probably the coolest experience. So like that I've played a, a couple of festivals. Magic moon was a fun one, but, uh, I mean, those are always so much fun because people are all there for the music. The music. Yeah, I mean, they're the there uh, up at, at various hours mm -hmm. of the night. They don't care when you're, you know, you're playing it. They're, they're vibing, you know. Absolutely. So we have time for one more question. Cool. What do you think is the greatest challenge facing musicians today? And what do you think is your greatest challenge? I think the greatest challenge is that people think that they just, they just need to give up. Um, because there's such a learning curve or they just don't even get interested in because of it. Mm -hmm. And that's an intimidating factor, but there's a book, there's a really good book out there called three feet from gold. Mm -hmm. And long story short, this is the mindset that, that it's, it's quick, but the synopsis of the story is that this, uh, person, uh, bought a bunch of mining equipment cause he hit a gold vein somewhere in America and they mined it and then the vein ended. And so they sold all of their equipment to this uh, low-end farmer or something. And uh, he went back and he found he paid money to get people to look into the vein further. Mm -hmm. And they were literally three feet away from, from another, like, like a, a, a huge, yeah, yeah, the mother load. So that's the thing is like, you can't give up. You can't, you know, yeah, you got to keep digging, bro. <laughs> so that meme is kind of based off a true story where he's like just digging for yeah gold. that is that's actually the yeah that's the book cover i'm pretty sure okay so <laughs> is ketchup considered fruit juice nah <laughs> and don't put it on your mac and cheese fam <laughs> Stop okay that. <laughs> so obviously with that we are on time so is there anybody you want to give a shout out to anything coming up that you want to you want to plug anything obviously you said you have a song coming out at the end hopefully at the end of the month yeah, uh, and uh, I would just plug, um, like I said earlier, I was talking about the Davy Jones locker. I mean, get in there. Um, if, you, if you find yourself, like, don't go up in there if you're not ready to get creative. And so just finding things like that, I mean, that's just one thing I had to plug. I mean, in that song as well, um, we, there's a lot of things in the works. So, uh, But definitely keep your ears and eyes open because I've been working really hard on stuff. So yeah. it's it'll be coming to fruition. It's blossoming as we speak. Oh, yeah. Well, with that, I would like to thank you for your time, sir. It has thank been you. an absolutely magical experience. Kansas I City, I would like to thank you guys for listening. Remember, like, shares, ratings, all that jazz cabbage is super, <laughs> is super appreciated. And with that, you guys have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe. Stay sexy.